So what do you get when you get two people together? One's an actor, producer, maybe a director, and the other one is completely out of their depth, but lovable. Nope, not our podcast, because this week we're talking movies. We're talking Barbarian, starring Georgina Campbell, Bill Skarsgård, and Justin Long, written and directed by Zach Kreger. Hey, come get your baby. Shit, I've been living in this place for 15 years and she ain't never coming this motherfucker. Hey everybody and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? We're going to be talking about Barbarian, the new release out uh, right now in 2022. Uh, it's kind of scary as fuck, even though we've moved out of our hot ghouls of Halloween, for some reason we're doing another horror movie. I, I feel like this podcast is going down a certain type of rabbit hole. Uh, Scott, take us away. All right, you might want to turn me down on the headphones here, because all I got to say is... Good job, Jack Zach Krager. Good fucking job. Was that a slow clap or I, I don't know? It what was it, a good what, clap. It was, oh, I was, was saying clap. boo urns, boo urns, boo urns, <laughs> boo urns. But yeah, like I, I apologize. We're gonna, I, well, at least I am. I'm gonna spoil the shit out of this. Movie. What? No, try not to do that. This, this, hold on. Does this whole fucking movie really, in my opinion, is is a one trick pony? Once you know the fucking tricks, you don't need the pony anymore. So. Well, let's not uh, do that. Of, let's not okay, wreck the gonna, fucking I'm movie gonna, that just came out do, for our audience. Yeah, I'm not going to, sorry, I'm not going to do spoiler. Like, I'm going to tell you the whole fucking plot. I'm going to tell you, in terms of spoiling this, you got to go in without watching a fucking trailer. Mm. You got to go in with every preconceived notion you have of a fucking horror movie. Because then this shit just turns it upside down. Because it literally starts, the first half an hour of this movie is something completely different than the second half an hour of the movie, completely different to the fucking end of this movie. So basically all, all, the, all the half an hours are different. Yeah, like literally, like the first half an hour is uh, high tension, uh, maybe haunted house film. The second half is fucking, I think I'm watching a remake of The Evil Dead, right? You're thinking Justin Lawn's the new Bruce Campbell. Mm -hmm. And then the third and third, it's just like everything wraps up nicely, but you're like, holy fuck. Like, he took you on a ride. And that, that's the thing with that I appreciate as well is like these, um, like new voices coming out like new new directors coming out and also like you can tell they're fans of the genre where you know they can take every preconceived notion you have use it and technically be using it against you because once you think something's about to happen and it flips and it's something completely different you're like what the fuck right and it just engrosses you more into the film did you watch this in the theater or did you watch it at home I watched it at home. Did you watch it with one of your family members or by yourself? Um, it, it was broken apart. Uh, my two youngest watched the first half an hour of the film with me, and then it was bedtime. 
And then my wife That's came nice. in. So just get them scared enough with no conclusion or whether the monster is under their bed or right. Like, oh, it didn't even I? get to. It did, yeah, it didn't even get to the monster part. Right? But uh, and then the last half of the film was my wife, and that's like the ass end of the Justin Long <laughs> stuff. So she was like, "What the fuck are you watching?" Did she enjoy uh, it or no? No, no. Well, I can't. Well, I can't spoil it. Like. Like in terms of the well, scene, you, could, you like, could say, yes, my wife liked it. That is, I mean, no, no, yes, no, you were spoiling no. whether she liked it or not, but I'm sure we're okay with no, that. No, no. In terms of like the scene that she started coming in on, um, she, she, she had some, you know, thoughts about what my, my choices in, in like life were going to be in the future. <laughs> Wait, what about yourself? Did you enjoy this? Like this seems completely up your alley because it's like an art house horror film yeah and so i so i i did enjoy large components of this i do think the third act gets a bit ridiculous uh i i don't love the third act i think that uh i would have gone in a different direction i basically basically i wouldn't have given this film a conclusion and would have left it in the kind of vein of like still out there man still out there right that kind of cliff cliffhanger uh, what they, I do, they did leave that though. Uh, what I what I mean is, I would have not even have had like, you you know where the ending goes, and I would have just got rid of a lot of that, right? So again, without being able to spoil it, uh, I again you need to watch it. As I said at the top of the show, because of all the twists and turns, which are good for the most part, they and, and you're right, they take your what you think about horror, what you think about slasher, what you think about thriller, and you think you're going in a direction and then you're not. And that's great. Like I do, I do think it keeps the audience uh, off balance. Um, but again, that third act uh, falls apart. And once you know, once you know, I don't know if this is, uh, this film has any real rewatchability. Cause once you know, once the doors are all open and you know what's going on, uh, I mean, there might still be some jump scares in there, which this has many, and is very good with. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's super rewatchable. Um, it's got great cinematography. Its use of like black space and claustrophobia. Uh, you know, moving between like actually where you see the actor in the in the frame and the POV, POV and flickering light, POV and flashlight. Like it. It's super tense. Especially that first section is super 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 tense. Um, what I also like is, you know, so one of the you know things that happens in horror that we all roll our eyes at is, you know, character goes and does something and you're like, don't, why would you do that? You would never do that in life. And for the most part in this film, characters act like normal human fucking beings. Like that famous line of like, open thing, nope, not doing that. And she, and she does not do that thing for, for a period of time. Um. So I think it's great. I think that it would have been cool to watch it in the theater. I think I would have fucking cried like a baby seeing it in the theater at all. <laughs> it would have scared the shit out of me. Uh, the ability to watch it at home also allowed me to do uh, a hand over my face and look through the fingers. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know if I could have actually handled. I think the tension in the theater would have been ratched up to fucking 11, right? So Yeah, that's the thing that I, I thought he did really well because like – there is a lot of tension and he created a lot of tension with like elongating these scenes mm. in, in right because you're you kept on thinking like 
especially how you're saying with the how they did like the i'm just gonna call it the strobe light effect where it would be like flashing light and then like something's coming closer something's not there kind of thing like it would just seem like you'd see one thing and then you'd wait thinking okay they just showed that now it's going to be like the jump scare or the reveal or whatever but no it would just go kind of more black more to black and then just bring it more and you're like and then the fucking the scores like ramping up too and you're like fuck when is it gonna like, and then nothing would happen waiting. and then sometimes nothing would happen like an entire day would end and you're like yeah okay so like she's fine or they're fine or whatever and then something yeah, that you the way don't they expect would cut is it like too, it would just be like yeah the way they would cut it too is just all of a sudden it's like kind of like a flashback and you're like what the fuck like go back to <laughs> where they were i want to see what's going on but yeah i'll give them I do think there's a lot of rewatchability in this film because it is enjoyable and it is well-crafted. Now, I think they did leave stuff open in terms of you can make sequels (laughs) of this. You can go in like you can make a direct sequel of this or you can go prequel prequel side. Right? I think, like I they, think prequel would be a better uh, direction to go. I hope they don't make a sequel of this. I think that that would really take all the things that I don't like and just make a whole film out of them. But yeah, like if they go prequel, cause even like if you see my background, when like this section of the movie happens, right? Like even though it, it's subtle and stuff like I thought that was some of like the scariest shit is like fucking how naive people were in technically the eighties. Uh, right? I don't know if it when... was the eighties that looked more like the seventies, but sure. No. Cause if you go timeline wise, there's no way that guy was like a hundred years old. The eight, the seventies are not that fucking far away, buddy. Jesus. <laughs> I'm talking about how he looked in his age. He looked like he was already in his like late thirties to mid forties. Okay. Sure. Okay. And okay. But yeah, like just watching that kind of thing, like that would be fucking amazing to to watch too. I can't. So in, in my notes, it said that Zach Krieger, the writer director, he has a role in the film and I can't remember who he played in the film. Like, cause there isn't a ton of people in this movie. No, he could have just been one of the asshole cops. I was going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he was one of those. So even that, like even the way, cause again, you're like, well, why don't you call the police? She calls the police. Please show up. Police do not do it. They, they do. They the police did exactly what police would do. And that's the infuriating part, right? You're like, fuck Come on! Like, yeah, it definitely hit a lot of the good social tropes that are going on, or not social tropes, uh, social conversations going on right now, and not in a hit-you-over-the-head kind of way, right? I'm trying to hit myself over the head here. Mm -hmm. Um, Not bad for, like, I think this is his third feature, but I don't know any of his other work. Like, I thought this was his first written and directed. Sure, sure, sure. But, I mean, I think he directed... Did he direct to before or did he write to before? I think he made a, a might have written. I, I, I apologize. Again, I it's because his body well. of work is like kind of like it's not it's not anything I knew when I looked at it. Right. So, 
yeah uh i know i agree and even this film like this film was just literally from what i read he read a book about um sorry what was it called the gift of fear and it was just like a, a section of the book it's it's just, I guess, encourages women to trust their intuition, mm-hmm. obviously confront. So he decided to just write like a writing exercise and he was literally crafting a 30 minute short. And that's from what I can tell, that's the beginning of this movie is this 30 minute short. And then he was just like, fuck it. I, I want to expand. And we got to what fucking Barbaria ended up being. Yeah. It's like an hour and 40 minutes. So it's uh, it's it's an, like again, it's the appropriate length for all the things that need to happen in it. I mean, I think you could trim it down to eighty, but you would take out the end that you seem to like and I don't seem to like. So it's again, it's the appropriate length for what it needed to be. It was no longer than it needed to be. Um, I mean, it's well, a sleeper hit. I'll just you- say, like, in terms of like stuff, I like too. Like your quote that you used in the more mm. in in the beginning, like watching that scene and then watching it like fucking play out and how that extended like you're like fuck you don't you don't really see that very often oh yeah and this film when it gets graphic like, like it's it gets fucking graphic. graphic like it yeah, yeah it goes from like okay so this is where we cut away. oh we're not gonna cut away from that are we we're gonna see all the blood and guts and brain and oh that's fantastic and chris is gonna put his hands over his face and three two one um, yeah uh, uh, that's what i i i appreciate it too because there isn't um like there aren't many in terms of kills but yeah like you can tell like they took their time with it to you know make each one fucking memorable yeah because like you said there's not a lot so the ones that do happen are like exactly and good for him too because i think this was what a four four and a half million dollar budget and it's so far like yeah. 10 times it's yeah i've got i've got uh that it's so far done 43 million that's box office yeah. and it it's you know it's doing very well on the streaming services and swap so they're i mean the money's coming in on this uh which again it's always nice to have hit it out of the park right because then mm-hmm. production company i i think it's crazy so they went to a24 and neon both of which i could see this as one of their titles and they got turned down like i actually thought this was an a24 film when I watched it until I went and actually started doing my notes. Cause it has huh? that a 24 kind of vibe to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Hey, not, not everything can be a 24. What, so, what did you think of the casting? I loved it. Like, um, like the lead, um, Georgina Campbell. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I can't remember much that she was in that I've watched. I've got King Arthur, The Legend of the Sword. She's done uh, tons of TV. She's a British Wait, actor. Legend is that the Guy Ritchie, Guy Ritchie one? one? Yeah. Who's she playing that? I don't know. I think she plays Tess as well in that, which I think is uh, ironic, don't you think? Right. Am I supposed to know who Tess is? And no, King Arthur, just Legend that, of the well, Sword. Well, because her, her character is called <laughs> Tess in this, and then I used an Alanis Morissette reference oh come okay. on man come on I, I i just thought i'm like is she like the new hector that one actor who every role he plays is act is the, sa- is the same character name yeah but but yeah and then man. you got bill skasgard which everybody knows from like it uh i yeah. didn't, and, and he's in the devil all the time uh, and he yeah he does such a good job keeping again keeping you off balance you don't know which way that character is going 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, what's his his famous line? Like, do I look like a monster? And yeah. it's like, well, you did play it. Like, you play Pennywise, so yes, you you do kind of look like a monster. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and that's the thing. Like that first half an hour, like, I, I like it was such slow tension, and every little choice that was made, right, and that they emphasized, like it just built. And like him too, it's like just that awkward scene with the wine and then he's like just stumbling over his words and just like do you want like i didn't open it but do you want some i'll open it so you can see me open it and like just like why the fuck does he want her to drink this wine so bad yeah 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 uh i also love the casting of justin long because i don't think i've ever seen him play this kind of character he's a great character actor but he usually plays like the oddball goofball like i i mean he was great playing the the porn the male porn star in in Zack and Mira make a porno um and then to see that turned on its head like basically they're like yeah Justin Long is playing himself almost right the actor and then where that goes in the car right that whole conversation and then in the bar when he's talking to his friend and it's like that duality right like we think celebrities are a certain way cuz they play certain characters but the real the reality is, is they're actually these fucking awful people. And again, oh, he his a monologue, perp- his monologue was fucking amazing. When just before your scene, when he was like, I'm a good guy, but maybe I did a bad thing. Yeah. Or am I a bad guy? Like, and he, he's just like, like trying to go through his own duality and trying to come to terms like, like, do I deserve what's happening to me kind of thing? Right. Like it, 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 it was amazing writing and diet like that that they did on it but yeah like originally that wasn't even they he uh zach Kreger approached zach afron and, and then they realized what was, there's gonna be too many zacks in the movie because it's zach krieger zach cooperstein is the uh dop and then zach efron and they're like there can never be three zacks all in one place no no like uh zach afron passed on it but that, that, the was original a, that was a joke, role. Scott. And you just I know, I know, but right I'm saying but the the original joke, it, it was a totally different character too. Like it, his name was still AJ, but he was written more of like a Hollywood like um just like a like himbo a kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. So like what's his then, name there who who now got blacklisted because he did the whole cannibal rapey Instagram post there? Uh, oh, Army Hammer? Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> a guy like that. Sure. I don't want to talk about it, <laughs> but, um, but yeah. So, and then going with Justin Long, like re kind of rewriting it and literally doing what you're doing, playing Justin Long off his head, right? People have this. And, and I think it's what's smart, like, especially with the casting, like people have such preconceived notions with all these people and what they're going to see. Cause literally, like I said, I'm like, I thought he was going to be like the new Ash, right like he's now gonna be like a um a male final girl yeah and then seeing his whole story go through you're like fuck this guy like you're happy when it happens like oh yeah when his story comes yeah when his story comes to the conclusion you're happy (laughs) 
Um, I mean, everybody's loving this film. The critics give it a 92%, which, I mean, totally makes sense. Uh, right down, it's stylistic right down to the poster that I'm looking at. You know, the red with the girl at the top of the... I love the poster. I think the poster's great. Mm-hmm. I love that minimalism. Um, it's got a 70% from audience. I'm actually surprised that that's not a little bit higher. Um, if you want horror... Like, I mean, I don't know what else you would want watching this movie unless you watched it thinking it's going to be something else. But, like, for the genre piece that it is, I think it gets top marks. Yeah. I'll say, um, like the writer director, uh, Craiger described this movie perfectly as in its visual presentation. It's like, it's a Fincher movie on the top floor. It's a fucking Raimi movie under the house. Oh, cool. Yes. Actually that's that. And yeah, it's got that Fincher Finchner, like kind of dark and grittiness to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and extreme close-ups on inanimate objects that you're like, okay, you can emphasize fucking locking a door 20 times. Uh, The DOP, like I said, the DOP, Zach uh, Cooperstein, uh, he did The Climb, and then there's a black and white film that he did that he won some awards for called The Eyes of Mother, which uh, I think I'm going to check out now because it looks, I mean, I'm getting ready to possibly do a black and white film myself, so I've got to go into that world and see, you know, when it works and when it doesn't. but yeah, again, so he's he's done tons of shorts and he's done, you know, features that you've never heard of. Like other than, you know, even Justin Long, like Justin Long hasn't done any big stuff recently. Like kind of the biggest actor like current, you know, currently right now is Bill Skazgard. So I think they, they got a he's great an executive. <laughs> That's yes. why he's an executive producer on this. This is true. Like, fine. This fuck, is, I'll do it. Which I'm sure he's <laughs> happy with whatever points he's getting with yeah. uh that 43 million at the box office so far. I I mean, I think that if you get to watch this in a theater, if you still have that option, do that. Oh, yeah. Do that. I know no, I'm, t- I'm not talking so, to you. I'm actually talking to our audience right now. Uh, no, but I'm saying it's still in theaters where we are. Okay. Like in our neighborhood, it's still in theaters. So I'm assuming it's still in theaters everywhere else too. Yes, because we have a global audience and they everything revolves around the Kitchener-Waterloo in uh, Canada. So And Richard Gere. And Richard, yes, Richard Gear is the gear is here. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna. I don't have much more to say. I do think, like I said, so if you have a chance to watch it in the theater, watch it in the theater. If you're gonna watch it at home, put your fucking phone down, turn the lights off, like get yourself in the right mood, and you will be well rewarded if you want to poop your pants and maybe throw up a little bit in your mouth. Um, so I'm gonna finish with my quote from Scott Tobias from the reveal. Barbarian feels more like a modern, gory Twilight Zone scenario. Uh, conceptually striking and a little eerie, but limited by its own cleverness. And that kind of goes to what I say about the uh, end of the film. I think you got, tried to get a little, they call it a little clever by half. Uh, I think some of the twists and turns run themselves uh, a bit ragged, uh, but definitely worth the watch. And yeah, Scott, take us out of here. And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com. super glad that you know we don't plan what movies we're gonna do and just off the top of our heads pick that one yeah we like probably 
no wonder people think that uh, our one guest there was like, you guys have a horror podcast. It's like, uh, not really. We just, it is Halloween and now it's November and uh, we're still doing fucking horror movies. So, and then we're going to move into the horrors of war with uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. So, ah, looking forward to that one too. Production by Rod Shaver, Fader Monkey Productions.